You are listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure you're following us on all social media at lunchpailguys underscore. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, everybody. We are back. It's just Lucas uh, hailing from a foreign country today, hailing from Italy and myself, Bart, just the two of us today, uh, but we are back presenting a new episode here after a little bit of a hiatus for the pod. Today, we're going to talk about just two things. We're going to talk about the Notre Dame game, the Notre Dame Navy game that just happened, and we're going to end with a little bit of brief takeaways that we had from the NFL preseason. So let's just dive right in, I guess. Lucas, I can throw it to you first. Uh, what were your What were your thoughts about this dominant victory over Navy on Saturday? I think it was everything that I could have possibly expected out of a Notre Dame victory. It kind of brought back. So when Notre Dame last went to the national championship game, I think it was 2012, um, they played Navy in the opening game in Ireland and similarly came out and looked dominant. I think that the score of that game was 50-10. to 10. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, as much as my 15-year-old self was like, you know, thinking about the future <laughs> of Notre Dame football, then, like, oh, they look really good. They, they've struggled with Navy in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, come out and have such a dominant victory, it sort of gave an indication that, you know, maybe something was different. And I think this game felt similarly. Um, I know last year Notre Dame had struggled a little bit with Navy. They, they mentioned it relentlessly on the broadcast that they went up. I think it was 31 nothing or 35 nothing, and then allowed Navy to score a bunch of points and only ended up winning by a few. And so this felt like sort of solid benchmark victory that they needed just absolutely destroy an opponent 42 to 3 um i don't know it's sort of everything you could want in in an opening victory um and so i guess my sort of like highline baseline takeaway is that like this is good notre dame looks like a very good football team this year um in a way that they didn't and i think a large part of that and we'll, we'll delve into this deeper is that they have legitimately legitimately elite quarterback play for the right. first time since like the mid 2000s like even like the entire brian kelly era um you know when in 2012 the the combination of ever golson and tommy reese at quarterback was like fine you know ian book in the 2018 and 2020 playoff appearances was above average but they never really had truly elite play i think until stam hartman stepped through the door since they had brady quinn in you know 2006 or whenever mm-hmm. he left so i think that Having an elite quarterback has made like a world of a difference, and yeah, we'll probably get into this more deeply later. But the highlight takeaways for me are they look very good. They don't usually beat up on teams like this, even when they should, and that a lot of that is due to having an elite quarterback for the first time in a while. I agree with everything you said. Yeah, yeah. I think one thing I've seen a lot of the haters mention, you know, in response to people getting excited about this, is like, oh, it's Navy, and you know, they're in a transition year. They have a new head coach this year. Everybody expects them to be awful, and so somehow that makes it a caveat. But like, you're right. Notre Dame actually resoundingly beating a bad team is not something that happens all that often, mm-hmm. <laughs> such as yeah. Navy last year. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree entirely. It's really good to have seen this. I mean, there were like there were things you could nitpick. Um, you know, like uh, we almost had an interception in the second half. Uh, he had like a little bit of a, you know, a bad decision. 
there was that one play where Navy could have had a really nice catch, but then the two receivers ran into each other. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which was <laughs> that, yeah. Um, so like there were you know a couple moments maybe where there were weaknesses, but like of course you can't expect the first game of the season to be perfect. Overall, I feel like Marcus Freeman has to be ecstatic because like they didn't even come like they weren't making mental mistakes. There were very few penalties of any. It was just overall like a fantastic way to start the season. And I understand entirely why people are like, wow, maybe we're actually going to be competing for a playoff spot this year now that we have a quarterback. The whole rest mm-hmm. of the team looked so good in, in addition to that. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think like a lot of like the skill possession players really – I was curious to see how they would step up into the roles they were given. Like Audrey Estimate being the lead back for the first time, he was great. He had over 120 mm-hmm. yards rushing. He just looked like he bowled over. And there are just so many good running backs on that team, it the looks like. Running back depth is insane right now. The running back depth is insane. And, again, we always talk about this, like, are good running backs a product of a good offensive line or, you know, they're actually well, the skilled. offensive line but, is insane, too. So. <laughs> yeah, the offensive line is insane, too. So they just look really good on that front. The receivers look good. Jaden Thomas looks really good. Um, mm-hmm, Jaden mm-hmm. Greathouse, too. The freshman yes, who caught two touchdowns. Yeah. Just came out of the gates looking incredible, too. Um, not, not a ton of love still for Tobias Merriweather. Much I was going to our, well. our Vancouver uh, friends' <laughs> chagrin, but maybe he'll get in there eventually. But, yeah, the, the offense in general, too, like, at every skill position looked really, really good. Like, it, yeah. The offense looked like a fine-tuned machine. Like you said, Bart, there were a couple slip-ups. Like the almost interception, and then the... Um, and then, I guess, on the other side of the ball, when the two Navy guys ran into each other, like you said, which just, just honestly seemed like kind of a good open for the rest of the game. Where it, it was, was like... Yeah, it was <laughs> they were wide open down the sideline on that first drive, and they just ran into each other. So, But, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic with how it went. Yeah. There was... Uh, what, some people were saying that the, they would have liked to see more from the tight ends. Uh, that was like one offensive position group that didn't do much of anything. Um, but I think the counterpoint is like everybody was eating as far as like whoever we wanted to get the ball to. So if the game plan wasn't to target the tight ends too much and we didn't need to, I'm not super worried about it. I think we're our tight end depth is also rock solid this year from what I hear. So not worried about that. Yeah. The, the one other thing that bugged me is that it, it was so close to being a shutout. And so there's yeah. like 42-0 just like so nice. And I was really annoyed that Brian Newberry chose to go for that field goal at the end. Uh, on the, I think it was, it was the fourth down. They could have gone for the touchdown instead and potentially given us the the way to finagle into a shutout, and they didn't do it. So that was a little bit sad, but it's fine. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. And the announcers even came out. They're like, I, think, I forget the exact moves, but they're like, he probably was just doing this to get points on the scoreboard, at least. Like, Painful. <laughs> from a football perspective, I mean, when you're down 40 to nothing, like, nothing from a football perspective is going to do too much. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, it, it would make more sense to like, go from and forth, but they're like, he just wants a, a score on the board so that he can, you know, walk out of his first game as Navy's head coach saying, well, at least, like, they put up three points against Notre Dame, which. I guess you have to take your small victories when they come. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe our defense this year is going to be absolutely elite. I mean, three points will be <laughs> impressive <laughs> later. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, going forward, I think it, it's nice that they ease into it a little bit in the schedule. Tennessee mm-hmm. State should be a win next week. Absolutely. North, Car- North Carolina State is like, I mean, the first Power 5 opponent they have, but as far as Power 5 of opponents go is like not – you know, not like you're facing some people later on the schedule that they have, like 
USC and Ohio State and Clemson. And then Central Michigan after that should also be a fairly, fairly comfortable win. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, I don't know, there's a very good chance to go into that Ohio State matchup, both of them 4-0, both of them ranked in the top six or seven, and it's going to be a really, a really good game. I mean, obviously, with, with like, you know, all our experience with Notre Dame football, things never seem to be quite that easy, but things are looking up, I feel like, going forward for the program. Like, it's... I'm excited. I'm happy for Marcus Freeman, too. Like, he got off to such a shaky Absolutely. start last year. I mean, the Ohio State loss is the Ohio State loss. They actually played them pretty close in a team that was very close to making the national championship game last year, so I don't fault him for that. But then, like, the Marshall loss in Game 2, like, mm-hmm. it was just such a bad start. And then almost losing to Cal in Game 3. Like, I think... I'm happy for Freeman in the sense that, like, easy win. 42-3 over Navy in the first game. Like, I think maybe some of the questions, not that I think there were that many questions just because he's so well-liked and they really turned it around at the end of last year, but maybe any lingering doubts people had about him as the head coach are silenced at least briefly from, like, one just dominant win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think coaching overall in that game was fantastic. I don't think anybody could be complaining about that. The defensive adjustments from Al Golden were rock solid because I remember reading something about how, uh, like, there was a there was like a, 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 a design that Navy had used on their first drive that Notre Dame had never even practiced for. And it had a little bit of success early on, but then they adjusted and the defense clamped them down for the rest of the game. So that was really cool. And then on the offensive side, uh, the new offensive coordinator whose name escapes me. Uh, Jared Parker, I think. Yes. Also, uh-huh. I thought the play calling was really, really nice for the most part. So, yeah, coaching wise, fantastic first game. Yeah, I was a little bit worried on the offensive side because to me, like, Parker was, I mean, he was sort of an unknown quantity coming in. Like, he had just been the tight ends coach. Like, yep. they flirted with a bunch of big names and stuff like that and just settled on somebody in house. So, like, I was a little worried, but maybe. You know, it was the continuity, like, of just... He carried over a lot of Tommy Reese's offense mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. into the season. But, yeah, I mean, like, top to bottom, it was just, like, an excellent performance. Yeah. Yeah, so, again, if, if Navy ends up going, like, winless this year, then I guess maybe we can, <laughs> we can circle back to this conversation and just think, LOL. One thing I learned, actually, when I was looking through Reddit threads is that the Navy and Army have weight limits for their athletes. Because yeah. they have weight limits, like, in general. So, mm-hmm. like, their defensive linemen are limited to, like, 200-some pounds. And they have to go against their tanks on the offensive line. I didn't know mm-hmm. that this was ever a thing. But, like, of course, you know, of course your offensive line is going to look amazing against that. So, that's maybe a little bit of a caveat. But at the same mm-hmm. time, again, last year we only beat them by three points. So, like, clearly. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, anything is a win. I mean, given those things, too, it's always surprising to me when Navy and Army are, like, good in any sense just because they're so limited weight wise as opposed to like every other team so a testament to the coaches any years because you know, navy i feel like in the mid like 2010s was consistently like decent like i remember when we were in college mm-hmm. like navy was ranked at points yeah when we never even played them so uh, actually cool. this is a good segue i wanted to ask uh-huh. you about this i was reading some people's thoughts saying with the new clock change Navy mm-hmm. will eventually be capitalizing on that because with such a run-heavy scheme, you would think you'd benefit from having the clock run down more if you can consistently uh, put up long oh. drives. 
which That's is kind of point. interesting. So anyway, my, my question yeah. for you is what were your thoughts? Did that jar you at all, the clock change at all? Because I had completely forgotten that it was happening. Uh, it didn't. I feel like just because I also watch a lot of NFL football. So like it's just like, oh, they're doing oh, okay. the so thing that the NFL does. I I don't know. Okay. College football games did sometimes feel long. Like I love college football, but I feel like I'd like watch an NFL game on Sunday and then and after watching a college football game on Saturday I'd be like, wow, this was like a a snappier product. Like it was just quicker. So I don't think I really missed it too much. I don't know if you had any thoughts. Uh I I just I was like, Whoa, this is happening. I just had yeah. forgotten it was happening, but no, I mean, I, I don't mind it. I think it's good. It makes the games end faster. Can't really complain. I think it will be weird, though, because, like, it just means from now on, every season moving forward, your point totals kind of has, have an asterisk because games yeah. are just literally shorter. So that's, like, mm-hmm. one weird thing that we'll have to account for when we ever compare statistics across eras. But otherwise, no, I, I like the change. Yeah, it is weird, too, because there was, like, that whole extra la- layer of added strategy, I think, in college football that was kind of, like, fun. Yeah. Like, as long as you could get to the first down line, like, you could bought yourself some time. But, like, yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. So, I think maybe I didn't see it reflected too much in this game because, you know, it was a blowout. So, there was no, like, yeah. they're, like, moving at the end of the clock trying to stop stuff. Um, but I- I'm curious to see in, like, the first, like, close game that anybody i guess plays or notre dame because those will be mm-hmm. most of the games that i watched this year just because time zones and all that um that like the first close game notre dame plays like how that's going to play out so i'm yeah. curious yeah yeah for sure i'm sure there'll be some uh, coaching gaps where coaches kind of are still used to the old way but yeah anyways, for sure. sorry that was just a quick aside <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I wanted to talk about that, too. I think it's, like, cool. Just, like, you know, the little tweaks, the rule changes, how they affect the game and all that. All right. Any other Notre Dame thoughts? I don't think so. No, I mean, just unbounded enthusiasm. And uh, when we when we lose to Tennessee State, it'll all come crashing down <laughs> <but> until then. <laughs> exactly. It's all about taking the little wins and then <laughs> the devastating losses. Right soon after. So, yeah. All right. So, our last segment, we're going to just talk a little bit about some of our takeaways from the NFL preseason. It is all wrapped up, and we are about a week and a half away from the start of the season. Um, I guess it'll be by the time this gets out. No. Um, just about a week. So, uh, we'll get started with you, Bart. What are just some takeaways? Tell me from the NFL preseason, biggest storylines you think going into the season? Well, I just want to say, first and foremost, my favorite takeaway, my biggest takeaway, is the eternal reminder that the preseason actually just doesn't matter. In the yeah. sense, like, I learned about the I learned about the Ravens streak. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The Ravens the, they've won 20-some yeah, straight games, right? straight preseason games. Uh-huh. I have not heard of that a single time until this year. And then they lost. But, like, my point yeah. is, a team can win 24 straight, and then they didn't ever do anything significant in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. And then the flip side I also learned is that the Vikes have lost 10 straight preseason games. Uh, oh, wow. And so Kevin O'Connell apparently is yeah allergic to winning preseason games. It's just funny. <laughs> hey. It's just funny to me that that can happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think really the I think the most significant storylines moving into the actual regular season and probably most people had their eyes on this are just like those of quarterbacks. So like mm-hmm. I thought it was really I thought it was funny to see Aaron Rodgers play <laughs> for the Jets in the <laughs> last game, but he looked yeah. good. Um, 
Sam Howell looks surprisingly good for the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett seems like he's turned it around for the Steelers. He had mm-hmm. like I think I saw five drives, five touchdowns. Um, mm-hmm. Justin Fields still looks like he may not be a very reliable passer, and he relies too much on his legs. Mm-hmm. In that same vein, Anthony Richardson is going to be a very interesting player to watch because he still mm-hmm. clearly has like so many tools, but he's not a great passer yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, my biggest takeaways were just it was interesting to see the the quarterbacks play early on and see you know what kind of patterns we might be able to watch out for as they actually start playing regular season games. What about you? Yeah. Me too. I think I, I mean I had two quarterbacks written down here, and I was playing. I don't think you mentioned either of those guys either in the in the quick fire. But I think Baker Mayfield too, winning up the starting spot for the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Totally I know there was some some talk um, in there about you know Kyle Trask maybe coming up and stealing that spot from him. But I'm excited somewhat to see how things with Baker go. Um, I feel like he's never had a great situation. The Browns are the Browns when he was on the Panthers. I don't know. I, I feel like there was just like there was a, a poorly run organization at that point um, that needed to clear house, and then the Rams too, right? He was on the Rams for like a few weeks. Yep. At the end of last year, he had that one like crazy game where he came back and um, oh yeah, had a big drive. <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm just like curious. I mean, again, he's not in a good real situation here. I mean, I think the the Bucks say. are a fair are a fairly competent organization. Um, Didn't didn't they just lose their starting center for the season? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. I feel like he's never really been in a good situation. I don't know if this is that good situation, but I'm curious to see how things with Baker play out now that he has like solidified the starting role um, in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, I, I want him to do well. Like, I, I do, like too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's like, you know, all the, all the what were they, the State Farm commercials and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I feel like he, like... He won me over a little bit. I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for him, and I feel like he's gotten the short end of the stick a lot. So I'm happy that he seemed to play, you know, competently enough when the job over Trask, um, much to Jared's disappointment. Uh, yeah, Jared's our our great. ever-present <laughs> Kyle Trask supporter. <laughs> um, and then also Jordan Love. Jordan Love looked really good. Like, I think the Packers are in, like, mm. a pretty good position going forward. Um, I don't know. It's... I don't. I'm not gonna annoy him like the next Aaron Rodgers or anything. But if, if he turns out to be even like some semblance of good, like the 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 Packers track record with quarterbacks is gonna be am- <laughs> amazing, right? Like I'm gonna start as a Vikings. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. But, like, yeah. It's and it's like, the same thing every time. Like the guy sits behind and then comes in and then is excellent. And Jordan Love looked. I mean, it's the preseason. It doesn't really matter, I guess. You never know how that's actually going to translate. But Jordan Love looked good in the preseason, too, mm-hmm. which I think was impressive. Um, and speaking of somebody you mentioned, too, Kenny Pickett, um, mm. I, I'm, I, I banked on some Packers and Steelers players on my fantasy team on the uh. thought that those guys would have some upside. Not either of the quarterbacks, but... So we'll we'll see how that plays out. I, I hope that they... Uh, they turn out to be okay. Um, get, uh, is it George Pickens? Is he one of the uh, guys? Because he's he's been getting a ton of yeah. uh, like hype since this preseason. Yeah. From oh I'm yeah, playing. across my two fantasy teams, I definitely picked Christian Watson in one. Um, ah, I, yeah, nice. And then I didn't. I should have picked Pickens. I think I got Deontay Johnson in another one mm-hmm. too. I mean, so Johnson is also a very good receiver. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if if man, if 
I also have been rooting for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, if he's mm-hmm. a good quarterback, that'd be I, I would love that for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I think the NFL yeah, is maybe. more fun when they aren't. They're never bad with under Mike Tomlin, but they've been mediocre. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he has all the winning season streaks, but the last like four seasons have been kind of yeah, just forgettable. Forgettable. So. Yeah, and then I had Pat Fryermuth, the tight end too. On the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The lunch pill guys, one for for Pittsburgh. And my other big takeaway, other than the the quarterbacks we mentioned, is just somewhat the the unnecessariness. I don't know. That's not a, probably the best way to say it, but the, of of the preseason in general. Um, mm. I feel like there have been, like, this year more than others, there have been a lot of injuries to players. And, like, I don't know. I have no statistical, like, purely anecdotally. Like, oh. I went... Uh, <laughs> um, but, I don't know. It's just, at the Eagles game I went to, there were two guys stretched off on the field. Um, I think oh, that okay. there was there was one game, I think that same night, where the game was stopped due to a serious injury. I, oh, yeah. I, I get that, you know, obviously injuries and stuff happen are a part of football. Um, but it's, like, early in the season, guys are less in shape. And I feel like, especially after everything that happened with, like, DeMar Hamlin last year, like, mm. that increased on risk of unnecessary injury. Um, you know, and I get, I get obviously, the, the use of the games to, like, see the how guys are playing, work them in a little bit. But especially with the 17-game season... I'd be okay with just, like, one or two preseason games at this point, especially because the joint practices, I think, between the teams often sort of yeah, uh, serve more as the the real test grounds for things as opposed to the preseason games themselves. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear uh, head coaches, like, uncensored thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were, felt like we need at least three games to get a gauge yeah. on these guys sometimes because I don't know. I feel like even after three games, the coaches go into the cutting room and they just flip a coin <laughs> on some guys. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really tough thing to do. But, yeah, no, I, I totally hear you, though, especially with the 17-game thing. But it's like owners don't care. Yeah. <sighs> no. They just, you know, they want the money out of the extra games. And, you know, I don't mind it. I get to pay 10 bucks to go see an Eagles game, which – I absolutely yeah, yeah. could not do during the regular season. So there's that that appeal of it. But. Name name the name the two starting quarterbacks of that game though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, Mariota played for the Eagles and he was just oh, horrific. Oh. Very oh. very bad performance. So Yikes. Okay. see how it all turns out for him. Who knows? Cool. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we'll try and do some episodes. Every so often, going forward, we're, we're in a bit of a hiatus there while people, um, you know, figure some things out, get some things together. But make sure you're tuning in as we'll give some thoughts coming up on Notre Dame and on the NFL as those seasons get started. And we'll see you later.